drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? Humans have long looked to the animal world to try and explain our own. Think George Orwell's Animal Farm, a mirror of our own complexity with simple and deeply sardonic animal metaphors. Slavic folklore and storytelling traditions also echo this dark humour and anthropomorphism. A new performance looks at the human history and of migration through the lens of a chicken, a character almost never cast as a hero. Nella Trifkovic is the composer and musical director of Konstantin, Grandmother's Tongue, and joins me now. Welcome to you, Nella. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Our language is peppered with chicken idioms, you know, hen-pecked, flying the coop, walking on eggshells. Many of them are actually not very uh, kind to the humble chicken. I'm thinking chickening out, chicken-hearted. Why should we think differently about the chicken, do you think? Well, uh, I guess it's just about the, the lens and the, you know, um, and the symbolic realm from which you come. One of the things, um, I'm originally from Bosnia, and one of the things that I really enjoy about the Slavic folklore, but in particular about the Balkan magic realism, which is probably, you know, the second largest best known in, in that genre after the Latin American uh, magic realism is that in Balkan magic realism, it's actually farm animals and those um, animals that we don't necessarily perceive as strong and heroic that actually are your totems. So one of the thing, books that I really loved was by Dubravka Ugrišić when I was growing up, who was a Bulgarian, Serbian, Croatian background author and a feminist. And she wrote this fabulous work called Baba Yaga the Neg, uh, looking at womanhood aging and, you know, the symbolic realm of a woman going from the maiden towards a crone and going through the dangerous stage where she's witchy just because she's smart and looking through all of that through the lens of a hen and the power of the egg. Um, and, of course, uh, something perhaps simpler and that people will be able to recognize more quickly is many European, and um, this actually is more pronounced in Western Europe perhaps, many European coat of arms feature uh, are a rooster. It's actually quite a pronounced symbol. The, fr the French national symbol as well, you remind me. Yes, yes. Like, you know, if we sort of think about it and, and stop and think, there's actually quite a lot of the rooster out there in the world playing perhaps what we would have imagined a dragon or some, some such mythical character would have played. So um, tell, me, tell me about Constantine. Uh, what does Constantine represent in this work? 
Uh, well, what does I, I guess I can only say what Constantine represented to me when Alison Richards gave me um, the lyrics. Um, Constantine is, of course, the rooster, the trickster. Um, you know, some would say some kind of symbolic Robin Hood, but to me, the more I read Alison's poetry prior to composing, the more I understood that we're all Constantine. Constantine represents your internal instinct, that bit of us that keeps us restless and keeps us non-complacent and keeps us searching more. And the fact that we never really see him or them or, you know, Constantine's more powerful as a silhouette um, somewhere above the village than an actual animal that we meet just speaks to me about uh, the deep aspects of the self. You mentioned Alison, Alison Richards, the writer and performer uh, of this work. The show is based on a song cycle uh, that you both collaborated together on. How does the song cycle intersect with the different disciplines within the piece? Because we often hear this word multidisciplinary uh, at the moment. What, what does that mean for you and for this work? I think for this work, for me, really, um, it was important to sit with a multidimensionality of the story, which we've all already, you know, kind of touched on unpacking. Once you're actually dealing with a story about telling stories about a character that's inviting you to ask, is there is there a second character? Are you talk Are you talking about something inside me? Um, that's already sort of a a multi-sensory and a multi-perspective engagement of, of the world. And for me, the way we engaged with it was uh, the work was premiered last year in a in a much simpler version, mainly as, as a sort of Peter and the Wolf style song cycle. You know, it was a song, it was a piece of programmatic music with the narrator. And then when uh, the visual projection and the puppetry came in, um, that was really created from people listening to the music, responding to it, and becoming the extended limbs of that which was already there in the music. So now I don't, I, I almost don't experience it as multidisciplinary anymore, but of course it is. Well, perhaps that's the ideal form. It's all just one sentiment, one expression. Uh, this show uses folk music, which makes sense given its connection to storytelling. Constantin comes from Poland. And I know that Slavic folk music really can vary from region to region. Am I right in thinking that puppetry features in Slavic folk culture as well? Uh, yes, to um, to a degree. Of course, it's, it sort of appears a lot in, um, you know, in stories. And of, of course, um, Russians have a version of a Pinocchio called Buratino, um, and that's probably the best known. But uh, more sort of this, this idea, you know, the notion of the puppet, again, as a signifier for an expression of the self that is moved by others or requires interaction for all the parts to be moving is something that's really pronounced. Um, my my spin on it is a little bit different because my cultural heritage being Balkan is sort of Slavic speaking, but things that I'm also informed would also come more almost like from the Greek-Turkish aspect of my culture where um, – Puppetry is related to, you know, other movement forms. And when I thought of puppetry, I thought of symbolism of even, you know, things going as far as the whirling dervishes. Yes, yes, and the any famous Turkish dervishes. Of, yeah, yeah. And, and being Bosnian and, be, you know, and having lived in places like Sarajevo, where you have four religions within 200 metres. You have a synagogue, a mosque and two churches. 
and how and how things entwine there for me we were brought up on puppetry of multiplicity if you like mm. in terms of those interactions yeah of course slavic cultures you could say are marked with uh, people's capacity for suffering and certainly when it comes to migration that is particularly true and these stories of migration often have that twinge of sadness and suffering uh, to them leaving loved ones behind perhaps struggling to settle into a new community a new country grandmother's tongue is kind of hopeful though how did you try and convey that through music um it, it was that beautiful sentiment of um for me, grandmother's tongue is about uh, turning back to the person that you found wise and comforting. I know in my case, it was the grandmother. So it was about finding the overtones and the conclusions of hope and a, and a better tomorrow because every severing is a new beginning. And if I thought back to myself and and my even my musical training in Australia, um, I came to Australia with a mother and a grandmother and the grandmother was the one person that, you know, was quite elderly and she never really learned much English. But if I look back to where I oriented myself in the world, it was always towards her and towards that wisdom which she brought. And I tried to convey something of that. It, at the end of the day, it's, it's primal warmth and connection and the feelings of tapping into love, even when it seems impossible. And I don't mean this romantically at all. Yeah, but, in, that, in that special yeah. way that only maternal figures can offer. Yes, yes. If you've just joined me on RN Drive, Nella Trifkovic is here. We're discussing Constantin, Grandmother's Tongue. Of course, themes of heroism and displacement are explored throughout this work. Did the current unrest in the region more broadly filter through into your composing, do you think? I feel that um, it will probably filter in the reading of the interpretation. I actually composed the song cycle over the period of 2021, uh, good use of lockdown years, <laughs> but <laughs> and, things, and things have been changed since then. But um, also the ensemble includes people from all over, you know, from Australia and from all over the world and what the different ensemble members have been uh, bringing into rehearsals will certainly be informing the work. We have a new member to the ensemble, pianist Victoria Bilogan, who is herself from Odessa, Ukraine, has been here for a really long time. And she attended the work last year with a different pianist performing in it. And she and the things that she described to me, she experienced after, because we were sitting next to each other at the premiere, I was just sitting there thinking, Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, I I never ever conceived of any of that. Um and to actually have a friend and a colleague who was going through her people's displacement at the time of the work being premiered, um, as opposed to me whose displacement is twenty five years old, again brings a language of its own. We're gonna play one of the pieces from this show called Sing Sister Sing. What can you tell me about it? Uh, yeah, that was a sort of almost an anthem to the show. So um, the other title to that song is called Song of Liberation of All Chickens. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, 
it was really a work that I wrote looking at the conditions at which chicken uh, you know, live in. And this is uh, the type of food in terms of meat and inverted commas that we eat the most and take it for granted so much. So I just wanted to write a, almost like a worker's song of resistance. And of course, you know, paralleled with that, looking at various conditions in which refugees and asylum seekers live in, but also much closer to home, we have a lot of poverty, we have a lot of homelessness, um, we have a lot of these situations in places that, again, we deem invisible and we take them for granted. Uh, just like we perhaps take chickens for granted, so <laughs> this was my this was my piece of resistance, you know, for every little chicken out there. <laughs> the chickens united will never be defeated. Nella Trifkovic has been my guest. Constantine, grandmother's tongue, will be on at Chapel Off Chapel in Melbourne between the twenty third and the twenty fifth of June. You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.